The following is a presentation of the Boston Podcast Network. Podcasting is a great way for professionals to tell their story. Find out how you can get started at pod617.com. Are you From the Pod 617 Studios in Westwood, Massachusetts, it's the Boston Podcast with David Yaz and a rotating cast of characters from Pod 617, the Boston Podcast Network. This is our f***ing city. Hello, ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, all the ships at sea, lovers, muggers, and thieves. Welcome to the Boston Podcast. My name is Dave. If you like our podcast, I encourage you to follow us on Apple Podcasts or wherever you find your shows. And if you want your own podcast, you can go to pod617.com to get started. It's the Boston Podcast Network. That's what we do. We create shows from start to finish. We'll send you out a microphone so you can do it from the comfort of your home or hot tub or wherever you want to do your podcast from. Or you can visit us in our Westwood Mass Studios. We'll take care of the whole thing for you. Soup to nuts, the Boston Podcast Network in pod we trust. Okay, end of plug. First of all, I welcome my sidekick and colleague, Paula Constance. Let's give her a round of applause. Paula, how are you? How's your day going? Oh, my day is good. Now it's better. Uh, darn right. Because we're on the bus. Because you're here, Dave. Because we're on the bus. My day is better with Dave. Good. Yes, let's put that on a T-shirt maybe and sell it. So we have a, a, a cool guest. We're going to get into some cool stuff about inventions and one particular invention, device, gizmo, gadget. I love this stuff. We're in the podcast business. We have to love some of this AV stuff. And we have the fo- uh, founder, sorry, co-founder of Mobile Pixels, Jack. Yet, yeah, And I'm going to struggle over your last name a bit, Jack, because you and I have something in common. We have a three-letter last name that is oft- mispronounced in fact we're only off by one letter is it yao yes that's absolutely correct okay you're we got a yao and a yes in the house ain't that cool and jack is the co-founder of bubble pixels and we have his attorney on the line as well peter lando from lando and anastasi and you can find all about them at lalaw.com isn't that right peter that is correct. Thank you very much. Nice yes. to be here. Well, as I mentioned to you before we started recording, I've had your colleague and partner, John Anastasi, on the on the show. He's a fine man. And I was so impressed that you guys got LALaw.com for a URL. And then we talked about that show for probably too long. Yes, I was a That's fan. A story for another time, yeah. <laughs> were, you, were you a fan of that show? Oh, yeah. So my one of my favorite interviews I did when I was working at Lawyers Weekly was I got to interview the actor and actress husband and wife team both in real life and on the show on the show they were Stuart and Ann and yes. oh they were delightful that was so much fun anyway all right let's start with you Jack so mobile pixels as far as I understand it it is a device you use in conjunction with your computer in order to make waffles and grilled cheese sandwiches is that correct no I'm just kidding something like that all right so t- tell us what it is and kind of where your inspiration came from. Let's start there. Yeah, so our, well, our main product is a line of mobile laptop monitors that magnetize to the back of your laptop. To deploy it, simply pull the monitor out, either on the left or right, connect via one single USB cable, which delivers both power and video signal, and you're ready to go to town on your laptop. Essentially, it makes, transforms your laptop into a portable 
workstation. The idea came about during my internship at Amazon. I was in a co-working space, which I did not have dedicated seating. So wait, hold on, wait, 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 hold on. You're in a what working space? Co-working space. A co-working space. Like okay. A, yeah, it's like a cafeteria type of arrangement. You just find a bench and sit down and go to work. Okay, right. Um, so, you know, I could only keep my laptop with me. I could not have an additional monitor. I really felt I was being held back um, from doing whatever I was doing for Amazon. So that's where the idea came about. And when I went back to school the following semester at MIT, I built something that I had envisioned in the hobby shop. And I was very well received by colleagues and friends. And that's when I decided to jump into this sort of full-time with my roommate. Finally, something good came out of Amazon. That's good. Yeah. I'm kidding. Everybody loves Amazon. If you're listening, Amazon people, I'm sorry. Who's the CEO? What's his name again? Bezos. I was going to throw out there. Yeah. Okay. That's right. That's what I was thinking of. He's not a guest on the show. Let's ignore him. So, Peter, you're, you're an intellectual property lawyer, which... You, you're a purveyor and protector of content, and it, it is one of the more interesting areas of the law. It was one of the few classes I enjoyed in law school. So tell me, is it as simple as Jack comes to you and says, hey, we got this idea for this monitor that will attach to your laptop. You can pull it out. You got double the screen space. Can you protect it for us? Is, is it kind of like that? Or tell us what it was like. Well, it can be. I've, I've been practicing for over 30 years. You can get those things and just, I, I often say anyone can get a patent. But Jack and I engaged. We had a nice conversation. I invited him over to the firm. And what I'm doing in those moments is assessing how serious is this? Is this a product or is this a business? And we have to distinguish between those. There's a lot of great ideas, a lot of better mousetraps. Mm. But when you spoke, when I spoke to Jack, I recognized that he had done a lot of homework in terms of market research, competitive uh, intelligence. He, he even had engaged PR at this point and product designers. So this was a serious person. It, you know, to me, everyone looks young, but to, Jack was a mature uh, very mature uh, and ready to fly. So yes, it can be to answer your question more simply, but I'm not looking for that. I'm looking for someone with a business plan, someone who's all in, mm. someone who's all in. This was his job mm-hmm. and this is a serious matter for me. It's not a hobby for him. It's a, they're trusting me with this, with this effort to support his business. And that's what I saw early on. And I, I knew, I don't even think he was fully funded or maybe modestly, but I was uh, determined to help this person. I think we found, I know Jack's on, Jack, I think we found some commonality and I very much enjoyed mm-hmm. it. So I wanted to help. Yeah. So, and Jack we does. Get, we get calls all the time. Yeah. And Jack does, and please take this as a compliment, Jack. Jack does look young. He looks like he could be not just my son, but my grandson. Would it offend you if I asked how old you are, Jack? How old are you? I'm 35. No, you're not. Are you really? <laughs> what can I say? I work out. <laughs> All right. You went to MIT, this this cauldron of brilliance and sometimes creativity and stuff. The let me ask you about the the invention itself. So when you decided it would be cool if I had some extra monitor space, which, by the way, I'm obsessed with this. I'm looking at you now through a monitor that is like a, a TV from a few years ago that I almost threw out and and. I need this. I can't do just my laptop. My eyes are failing a little bit worse every day. And so, and, and in the podcast studio, we like to have them around so people can kind of see what's going on or if we're sharing a video, whatever. So I'm all, I'm all for it. But did it cross your mind that maybe this wasn't creative enough an idea for a business that maybe, 
other people have thought of this or really it's uh it's just kind of having another monitor and plugging it in mm-hmm. what what did you think yeah i think you're um, absolutely on point with that comment because no matter how we try to dress this up we're just hanging a monitor off somebody's laptop that's really it now i think that's the craziest thing about entrepreneurship a lot of, and many people have great ideas better ideas but sometimes one of these ideas just sort of hangs on to you and all you think all you could think about when you sleep or when you're awake is this idea mm. it might be a stupid idea to some people but for you it's something you're ready to go all in with and that's what happened with me in the beginning especially at a school like MIT people were changing the world with um drugs that could solve cancer or curing world hunger and I'm creating monitor it it feels a little sort of small sometimes but Hey, everybody's got their platform and their interest, and here I am selling monitors, so I have no regrets. There are people saving the world, and that's fine. If you're going to make my ability to watch something on Netflix while I catch up on email at the same time, I'd say you're contributing to society in a big way, so I salute you, (laughs) Jack. But Peter, why don't you tell me a little bit about that? In other words, do you go through an analysis in something like this where does it need to be for a patent, it, it needs to be original. It needs to be different. It need then you need to search to see if anybody else has patented something similar. Tell us what that analysis is like. Well, in general, yeah, you do a search, try to what we call clear it, freedom to operate. You've heard all these phrases, I'm sure, but it's uh, Jack's early research got him so so much further along that I was able to start with him focusing on the product. There had been earlier attempts at adding a second screen but they were clumsy, they were over large, heavy, you wouldn't want to carry it. This is an elegantly designed product that can be used on a train, in a cafe. You're not infringing on the your neighbor's space. Mm. It's, it's modest size, and yet it's very, I'm using one right now. And and it's, uh, my wife uses one, my daughter uses one in in college. And it's, it's so it's, it's very functional. And Jack's very modest, but it's, it's, I'm not saying it's saving the world, but it's certainly increasing productivity. Sure. It's enabling producers, creators to, to work that much more efficiently. So the normal process, yes, I get an idea, we search it, we determine the risks of patentability. Nobody can say with absolute uh, certainty, this is patentable, but we can, we can give you a good assessment based on our experience. And as I said, I've, I've worked largely with, with, big companies, and it's just another patent on the pile. It feels that way sometimes. But when you work with a startup, this is the foundation of what's going to be their business. So you you, you take extra care. And, and here we had a core for this market uh, that was being created by Jack and the team, core that could be expanded with different devices, ancillary devices. Uh, I'm sorry, a core. what do you mean by that, a core? I'm missing that. So in the simplest form, it was one, one uh, extra monitor that right. slips out. But, but Jack now has one with two and and then they come from the top or they even a uh, even a laptop a desktop device is being two three where does it end jack how many <laughs> screens do we need paula you why don't you jump in since um uh, i'm being silly do you have a question for i actually have a product question okay um, so my my question is so our audience is listening right so help them visualize how it attaches to your laptop how you transport it Give us an idea for the listeners of how this actually works in your life yeah. when you bring it to work that, or you bring it on the train. So give us a little short, quick idea of what that's like. 
Sure. So our flagship device, uh, the Duex Plus, is a quarter inch thick. It's a 13.3 inch display that weighs at only 1.3 pounds. So it's extremely sleek, slim, and light. So the user clips the monitor onto the back of their laptop where their uh, laptop monitor goes on the back of that and essentially keeps it with their laptop. Whenever they need to use it, just pull the device to your right or left. It slides out, connected via USB cable, and it's instantly on. So you could use this device anywhere on the go. And we designed it to be light enough such that you would keep it with you all the time. So it's always with you. I imagine an ad campaign where you have a frazzled parent on a plane and the parent is like doing email, but the kid is, is trained on the, on the exterior monitor, your product, and is watching like Peppa Pig or something. That's that one's for free, Jack. So Peter, this is a little bit of non sequitur, but I have it down on a list of things I wanted to ask you. And it's about how people must come to you a lot with ideas. And that must be part of the fun part of the job. I'm reminded of a scene in the TV show, Better Call Saul, where Saul is trying to figure out what kind of area of law he wants to practice in. He thinks about IP law and the guy says, calls him up and says, I got a great invention. It's a million dollar idea, a zillion dollar idea, whatever. He goes over to see it and it's, it turns out to be uh, a toilet made for potty training that speaks and encourages the kids to poop. And uh, Saul discovers it's the worst idea he's ever seen. So if you, can you give us an example of something that maybe was, that it was a terrible idea or maybe a great idea or, or tell us what's that, that is like having people pitch to you? Oh, it's, it's interesting. I think it's, uh, and that's part of the attraction of the job for me is the, the excitement the enthusiasm that many of these ideas are, are joined with as you meet an inventor with uh, maybe, maybe they have big ideas that they, they're going to do uh, make millions of dollars or what have you, or maybe shows like Shark Tank have popularized this sure. notion that you can create. I'd rather not talk about some bad ones that have come my way and I can identify those pretty quickly, but <laughs> I think it's, it's always a moment of, of, of almost grace that they're sharing their creation with you. It's, it's just bearing their all and you, you're going to take this idea and make it, you're monetizing, you're helping them monetize it by making it more than the idea you're, you're, you're making it more tangible. Mm -hmm. And by, by helping them to protect it, that's the, uh, the real joy I get mm -hmm. helping. And, and, and the idea is I, I'm a, I started as a chemical engineer and worked about five years in that, in that space. I got my MBA and then I went to law school. So I've been practicing over 30 years. So I've seen many. Mm -hmm. And with John, you mentioned our firm is, it will be 20 years old this year. So we see all types. Most of my career was with large multinationals. And then in the Boston and Cambridge area, I, I've done a lot more with startups. It's, it's, this is a great community for that type of thinking. And I very much enjoy working with, with startups of all kinds and it's environmental technologies, their uh, polymer technologies, mm. um, just on the cusp of biotech. We see a lot of things, uh, a lot of medical devices I work with. Um, so you it's hard, it's hard to pin down. Background in chemical engineering. So I think this question is apropos. Can you apply intellectual property to a cocktail? Uh, maybe I could find a way. Oh, good. Okay. I've got some ideas. <laughs> no, I just, it, it, it just, it would, I, I don't know that there are sort of myths about intellectual property. Like if you have a three-word phrase, like I think it was Pat Riley, the coach of the Lakers, 
that yeah. it was said that he patented or copyrighted the word three Pete when the Lakers won three championships. Uh, yeah, in a row. yeah a, a trademark. Trademark. Yeah. That would be trademark. Okay. But I saw Tom Hanks appeared on the Stephen Colbert show this week, and he said that he had this eureka moment where he was drinking a Diet Coke, but there was something celebratory going on at the table. And he said, well, give me a little champagne. And they said, well, you're already drinking a Diet Coke. He said, I'll, I'll just, I'll add it to the, to the Diet Coke. And they said, oh, that sounds gross. And he poured it in and he was delighted at how delicious it was. He said, they went around the table and everybody thought it was great. So Stephen Colbert says, well, we've got a Tom Collins. Maybe this should be the Tom Hanks. So, <laughs> so I get in touch with Tom Hanks's uh, people, Peter, and maybe you've, you've got a winner there. Yeah. Jack, I mean, I admire you for the, your, your creativity. Here's a question for you. In your opinion, what are, what is the greatest or some of the greatest inventions of all time? First thing that comes to mind is the electrical grid, I think. Wow, geez, that was high level. I was going to say coffee maker, but your, yours <laughs> is too. but yours is good too. If you come up with another, I know I put you on the spot with that, but if you come up with another one, just just jump in. But let me, but let me ask you this: Do you have an opinion as to what the next big thing will be in terms of electronics? I think you're a good person to ask. So, I think the obvious the 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 mobile phone. I mean, mm -hmm. I think we can all agree that was revolutionary and maybe the most revolutionary gadget of the last two decades uh, for, for whenever it started three decades. I don't know. But what do you think the next big thing will be, Jack? Well, I mean, I think to answer your previous question, I think the microchip is a pretty good invention. Oh, so maybe, yeah, that's a good you know, one too. Advances in quantum computing, I would say. Okay. What is, I don't know. I, I guess I don't know what that means. Like uh, better data storage, uh, that kind of thing. But just faster computers, mm -hmm. uh, microchips cannot get any denser. It's sort of reaching its saturation. And I think people are looking into quantum computing to sort of make advances in computing speed and technology. Uh, Peter, your thought, you've seen all kinds of inventions as well. You can answer e either question, best invention of the past or best invention of the future. Oh, geez. I, I'm, I look forward. I'm a, I'm a look forward person, okay. but I, I really respect what's been what's happened before. And I will, I will mention that when I started practicing intellectual property law, there was no, there was no internet. So this is, uh, you know, I'm living it. And what I'm, what I'm observing in the moment is with, with cloud computing and AI, I, I think we're seeing convergence, technology convergence. So I was riding on an elevator the other day and an ad popped up in the car and it talked about, I forgot which company, but they're selling refrigerators that not only make these days, they make, um, shopping lists they can give you a shopping mm -hmm. list they can predict illnesses or something based on what oh, they're boy. seeing coming in and out of their so everything's converging and i think this this technology this this day and age this interconnectedness of different technologies has enabled the best of many fields in, in whether it's medical devices communicating to your doctor, your pharmacist, or household appliances telling you when batteries are running out mm -hmm. or or diagnosing something within you maybe your blood pressure is too high. Mm -hmm. And it tells you that when you grab your water bottle. I'm not even exaggerating. Well, they can, right. They can come up with all sorts of things. Oh, what I was thinking is the fridge talks to you and says, Dave, <laughs> that's that's eight eggs this week. We've, <laughs> we've talked about your cholesterol. Or, Dave, don't you think that's enough cheesecake for today? Oh, I mean, that... <laughs> It, we might be onto something there. But no, th that's... I mean, the possibilities are 
are endless as far as that. I have, you know, I have a, an Amazon Echo and and I, I do get hooked on Alexa, but usually it's just trivial things. Like I was watching, aimlessly watching the movie Heat last night and I was wondering if I was younger or older than Al Pacino in that movie. So I asked, asked Alexa, <laughs> how old was Al Pacino in Heat? And she knew, she said 55. Older than me, barely, barely older than me. Yeah. So Jack, I got, I got one for you. Invention idea. You can have this one for free. Just remember me when. Yeah. So, yeah. So right. So this is the. Yeah, I'll, I'll have my people contact you, Peter, actually afterwards, just to make sure everything is kosher. But we've had, we've got the iPhone, we've got virtual reality, we've got huge TVs that are crystal clear. I think the next big thing might be the the eye or the I, I'm gonna call it iPad, iPod, all those things. The eye wall. So it'll be it'll be it'll be an entire wall of picture this entire wall of your of a room. You pick the room, and I don't know how you install the thing, but and then it's it's HD, it's crystal clear, and then picture just to give one example, your your grandparents and you're in Florida because that's where all the grandparents are, and your grandchildren are here in Boston, and you want to spend some time with them. You click on the eye wall. And it's so crystal clear that there they are. They're sitting right there, almost like you could touch them. And if you want to watch a movie together, then that the movie goes up and you can both see it. All right. So can you get on that, Jack? I'm on it. It's probably horribly expensive and incredibly impractical, but that's what I think might be the next big thing. But And then the virtual reality stuff is out of control. Do you pay attention to that stuff at all, Jack? I, I actually don't. I'm pretty disconnected with the VR, AR stuff. Okay. I've never really found it, I guess, immersive for me. It just kind of looks kind of funny. It does look terribly funny. And uh, you want to know what looks even funnier is I, I work out with that sometimes. There are all kinds of workout programs you can do. Mm -hmm. And so I... I have nightmares about someone will see me one day. Yes. With the goggles on <laughs> and punching in the air or pretending to box somebody or, or whatever. But Jack, what are there other things on the horizon for your company? What are there future product products you can hint at or tell us what future plans might be? Sure. So we started a company creating a line of portable monitors, but now we've sort of pivoted. So we've started creating very sort of novel desktop series monitors. And we plan on pivoting into other computer peripherals as well, such as keyboards and uh, 3D projectors. 3D, 3D projectors. So wait, what's a 3D projector? Well, I can't go into too much detail about that. I think uh, Ooh, we're planning okay. on releasing a pattern. Okay. Damn it. We almost had a scoop. Um, I have an HD, not a 3D, but I have an HD projector and, uh, and I love it. I, I think people don't know. People are just obsessed with getting the biggest TV because now you can get like a 60 inch TV for only four ninety nine mm -hmm. or something, which is great. Although a lot of them are being made cheap. I'll share this with you. I, I have a TV that is, it's not my main TV. It's just a TV and it's, uh, you know, smallish, but I went to pick it up the other day and move it to a different, um, table and it cracked it. I, I just, and I, it's not like I grabbed it forcefully, but so mm -hmm. watch out people. These things are, are fragile, but so I lost my train of thought there. 
Damn. If I only had an extra monitor on my computer, I would have been much better focused. Oh, the 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 the, uh, the projectors. Yeah, yeah, I can like do my whole wall as like a movie screen and the it's pretty good. And those things are on like uh, 300 bucks or something. Anyway, if you guys can't tell, I had a large Dunkin Donuts coffee before we started the show. And uh, that's why I'm all over the place. So we are up against the clock. We're having way too much fun. We are going to play a round of good stuff before we go. Well, all four of us will recommend something good that might brighten your day. Before we do that, Jack, tell people mobile pixels. I know it's as easy as Googling it, but if people want to find out more about your products, your company, mobilepixels.com, or what should they do? They should go on to mobilepixels.us. .us. Okay. Very good. Dave, Dave my interject here of is course. that I just, wanted to make, I just wanted to make sure that everybody knew that Jack's device, Jack's first device that was launched commercially was a Time Magazine innovation of the year. One of one of two hundred, which is pretty special. That's amazing, and it's the product that we're talking about. Exactly. Oh, okay. Wow. Yeah. Oh, geez. And um, that's that same product actually uh, recently won uh, a CES's Innovation Award for twenty twenty three. Very cool. Well, we can't wait to see what you're going to invent next. I know you you were you were you were very uh, circumspect on the uh, the three D thing, but do you promise to come back to the Boston Podcast when you're ready to talk about it? Absolutely. Okay, cool. Peter, uh, tell people if they want to get in touch with you or your firm or find out more about what you do or whether you can help them, what's the best way to do that? Well, you mentioned it earlier, but I'll say it again, lalaw.com. And I'm finding more and more attorneys, um, the younger attorneys have no clue what I'm talking about when I say LA Law. Oh, no. So I'm no I, I feel sometimes <laughs> I'm aging out, but lalaw.com yeah. is very easy to remember. And we're, we're right there and uh, we're downtown Boston. Very and, good. And uh, happy to talk to people. I think this, this half of my career, I'd love to find another Jack. <laughs> if you're out there, I don't know. He's a bit of a unicorn. I don't know. Seems <laughs> like it. If you're the next Jack... Go contact Peter at lalaw.com and then go back and watch the show LA Law because it was quite good. It was, it was sadly the reason I went to law school. Uh, so <laughs> I really like that stuff. We are going to play a round of good stuff before we go. Before we do that, let me just remind you what we do here at the Boston Podcast Network. Pod617.com is where you go if you want to start your own podcast. We will produce the whole thing for you from start to finish, the intro music, the outro music. We'll host it for you. We'll post it for you. We'll help you distribute that podcast and your clientele, the people that you have as clients or prospect, prospective clients, whoever you want to invite to be guests on your show, they'll be amazed at the quality of the show that you put out. Wouldn't that be fun? Be the next big podcast star. Go to pod617.com to get started. It's the Boston Podcast Network in pod we trust. Okay, let's play good stuff. Oh, that's the good stuff. Well, our guests have not had a ton of time to prepare for good stuff, so cut them some slack. But I can tell you that Peter is going to show us all up with his choice because I, I, I have a clue as to what it is, and it is awesome. So, Peter, that's only for that reason you are going to go last. Jack, I will allow you to lead off. What can you recommend? Anything good uh, to our audience today? Uh, so I recently saw the movie The Fablemans. It's a movie oh. about pursuing interest and your dreams. So it seemed to be an expedient topic given what we talked about on this podcast for sure and thumbs up or what absolutely thumbs up five stars yeah so spielberg won a golden globe for it the other night and he said it's the first time where he did something that was kind of close to autobiographical not if not actually autobiographical and so the famous i would is that did you see that in the theaters or at home 
I saw it on Amazon. Yeah. Oh, is it? Okay. At home. All right. So good. So we don't have to go to the theater to, (laughs) that's another subject. Paula, do you have an entry for good stuff? I have good stuff. Okay. What do you got? So my segment is, do you remember when? Okay. Just made. That's good. So my question is, because I looked up Boston today, I looked up the city of Boston, Mm -hmm. who invented the Boston cream pie and when? Oh, well, I have a I have a educated guess, although I'm sure it's wrong. But I'll guess uh, Julia Child. Far close. <laughs> the Boston cream pie is a timeless culinary creation dating back to 18. Thank you. Mm. 1856. The dessert was first created and served at the grand opening of the Boston Parker House, now widely known as the Omni Parker oh, House, yeah. in downtown Boston. So there's an invention. Is the, the Park- Boston Hi. Peter, maybe is the Parker House still there? The Omni Parker House. Isn't yeah. it right across yeah. from? Um, yeah. yeah, right in Government Center. Yeah. Near Suffolk. Yeah. I think it's near near the AMC Theater. Yeah, next to Suffolk. Yeah, right near Suffolk That's University. Right. Yeah. I, I don't get out of my office much. Yeah, also, they're also known for their rolls. Their their dinner rolls are, are delicious. But Boston Cream, okay, that's a good one, Paula. Boston Cream Pie was the favorite dessert at the summer camp I went to. We would just flip when you heard, you started to hear rumors about like 11 a.m. Hey, I heard there might be Boston Cream Pie for dessert tonight. It's always something to look forward to. So I will recommend uh, a TV show that is now streaming on Peacock. And it's not, I was thinking, it's not uh, connected to our topic today, but it is sort of in that it is it is innovative. We're talking about innovation today. This is the most innovative show you will see all year. I'm going to play a little bit of the trailer. It's called Paul T. Goldman. That's the name of the show. Let's listen to a little bit of the trailer. I'm a regular guy that got caught up in extraordinary circumstances. This story is as accurate as it is unbelievable. I couldn't make this up. It happened to me. Paul, is this what happened? It's all been put in the book. I'm a single dad raising my son, Johnny. I always brought Johnny with me on my first dates. Then I came across a woman, family-oriented, stay-at-home mom. Audrey? Let's cut there. How does that feel, Paul? He's the main guy. He's going to play himself. Guilty as charged, Your Honor. Wow, that's weird. Action. Shortly after we were All right, so that's just a little taste of Paul T. Goldman streaming on Peacock. And if you say, oh, well, I don't get Peacock, just get it. It's $4.99 a month. I hate when people complain about that. People go through great pains to produce this amazing content, right? Peter, it's about the content. Pay for it. Anyway, (laughs) has anyone seen uh, any of this show yet? Raise your hand. No. Okay, everyone's saying no. So... It's hard to describe, but I love documentaries. I I think I'm with the whole theory that truth is stranger than fiction. This is a story about a guy, Paul T. Goldman, not his real name, actually, but it's close. And he was basically swindled by his wife. His wife turns out to be not who he thought she was. Okay, interesting enough premise. But what makes this innovative is the director, Jason Walliner, I think, He's the guy who directed the last Borat film. Now, Borat, if you're familiar with with those movies, is kind of a blend of reality and fiction, and the Borat's doing the crazy stuff, and the people you see in the movie aren't necessarily in on the joke. They don't realize he's an actor. In this documentary, as you heard from the trailer, Paul Paul T. Goldman appears as himself, but not only that, but he's decided to create a movie. So what you see in the course of this documentary are certain moments where they are shooting the movie he has decided to star as himself in the movie opposite actual actors 
That part is hilarious because he's a terrible actor and, and yet so earnest. But the fascinating thing about it is after a couple episodes, no spoilers here, you start to realize that maybe the story he's telling isn't completely true. And yet he sort of is, is trying to be as persuasive as he can to tell you that these things happened. And so Paul T. Goldman, I want you all, it's your homework assignment. Go If you need to, after I'll share my, uh, my Peacock uh, sign in info with all you guys, you can watch it, but I want to hear what you think. I don't know anyone else who has watched it. I'm dying to talk about it. All right. Uh, save the best for last. Peter, what, what is your, what is your good stuff? for well, uh, today. One comment, one comment on Paul T. Goldman. Oh, yes. I feel, working with patent attorneys, I feel like I've met several of these characters yes. in, my, uh, in my career. You, I, but uh, I, I, I like to do, my good thing is, um, his. I, I, depending on the season, the time of year, for instance, in July 4th, I, I very much enjoy reading the Declaration of Independence. It's so elegantly written. But as we're, we're nearing the Martin Luther King holiday, what I've come to to do over the years is read his writings, Dr. King's writings, and always find time to go to YouTube and look at the I Have a Dream speech, which is just magnificent. We all know a line or two, but from start to finish, it's just spectacular, and I highly recommend it. And it, it I think this country needs to see a little more of this. I couldn't have said it better. I remember... Dan Ray, the local radio guy, I think every year he plays it on his show. And I was driving home one one MLK day and listened to it and had the same reaction that you just said. It, most of us know a couple lines and we know I have a dream, but the whole speech is amazing. I'm going to play like 60 seconds of it here. I am happy to join with you today in what will go down in history as the greatest demonstration for freedom in the history of our nation. Five score years ago, a great American in whose symbolic shadow we stand today signed the Emancipation Proclamation. This momentous decree came as a great beacon light of hope to millions of Negro slaves who had been seared in the flames of withering injustice. It came as a joyous daybreak to end the long night of their captivity. But 100 years later, the Negro still is not free. So that's just a little taste of it. Of course, you can go to YouTube and watch the whole thing. And I'm with you, Peter. I think um, it's a good exercise and absolutely something we need. It's also sort of gives me the chills to see so many African-American faces there, which, which was undoubtedly unusual for an event of such prominence at the time when he was giving the speech. And as far as the I, I can see, you, you see these smiling, encouraged, inspirational black faces. And, and it's just, it's, it's, it's exhilarating to listen to that thing. And it's also depressing to think that <laughs> we still, as a country, maybe 
didn't listen enough to Dr. King. Uh, no, I think gone in the other direction, unfortunately. Right. We're, we're, we're tribal. I worry about that. But I do live in hope and, and for the future always. All right. Who's making the speech here, Peter? Let Dr. King do it. <laughs> I apologize. <laughs> keep, keep hope alive. Keep hope alive. Yeah. And the, the other thing that always strikes me about his style, we only heard, like I said, 60 seconds of it there, but you, you get immediately you're struck by how captivating and compelling really is the word that his, his style is. Many ministers often come off as, eh, I'll say it, a little bit phony because they're trying to overemphasize and praise me and, and just uh, take it down 25%, Mr. Minister Guy. With him, it was never like that. It, was all, it always just sounded like it was, he was speaking from the heart and so eloquent. Anyway, thanks for, for letting us go on a high note, Peter. And don't forget, mobilepixels.us. Do I have that right? I want to jack. That's right. That's okay. Right. Mm-hmm. Congratulations on your success so far, and we look forward to hearing about your next big thing. Peter, thank you. It was uh, a treat to hear all the stuff that, and I, I got to have you back on the show too, so I can finally persuade you to tell me about some of the more terrible invention ideas that you've had. Talking. Give to- yeah. <laughs> all right. All right. Well, we'll, we'll, we'll talk offline. And Paula, thanks for all that you do. Great job. Thank you for listening to the Boston Podcast. If you like us, as a reminder, follow us on Apple Podcasts or wherever you find your shows and go to pod617.com if you'd like your own show. On behalf of Jack, Peter, and Paula, my name is Dave. I'm just a guy from Boston. But if you're not from Boston, you must be the other guy. Have a great day, everybody. Thank you, Dr. King. Keep hope alive. Keep hope alive.